everything from overlanding in your stock rig to full-blown LS-powered two buggies on stickies. This is the Total Off-Road Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Derek. I'm Kyle. And I'm Ed, and this is episode 176. Hey. Dang, Dang Ed, Ed, you got a good memory. <laughs> I put it, on, put it on the calculator so I wouldn't forget. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> So today we have a guest, and there's too many of us, so we're going to talk over each other. It's no big deal. It's going to happen. There's four of us, and our guest today is Ed Hetherington, a friend of mine from, shoot, middle school and high school Yeah, that I just happened to run into at the first car show that I went to since I've lived in Indiana. It was crazy. <laughs> I'm walking around the show. I think the last vehicle I saw in the very corner of the show is a Jeep that I won't describe yet. And the guy standing next to this Jeep says, is that Mike Wolf? And I'm like, what? No, what? Nobody knows me here. And sure as <laughs> shit, it was Ed. And I pretty much spent the whole show talking to him because I haven't really made a lot of friends over here. So it was super great to run into someone that I know that lives in Lafayette. And he just happens to be a fellow off-roader and has restored a couple of very, very cool rigs. Yeah. Based on that, based on that description, I assume that Ed also has his own shop and place to work. He's not just mooching, becoming your friend to utilize your massive shop, Mike. Like well, I, did. I think that I think he told me he spent eight years restoring one of them. So I would hope that he didn't do that before he met me. <laughs> That's why it took eight years. Is because I didn't have a shop. He just kept bouncing <laughs> it from buddy to buddy's shop, and every time they get mad, he'd move it to another shop. That's why it took so long. It could have taken him six months if he just had a place to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, now no, he I, does. I, He's just going to move your my, own your shop. That's I fine. Full, full service shop. I'm. I'm not just using Mike for his for his uh, excellent shop that I haven't seen yet because we just met uh, met again. Remet. Yeah, remet yeah. weeks ago. No, apparently it has a pretty big shop. And nice. a pretty well equipped shop. He also taught himself how to weld, which was interesting. I was we were talking about welding, and I was like, "Oh yeah, one year I was just like, this is the year that I buy a welder and teach myself how to weld." He's like, "I did the same thing," and it was just kind of, yeah. awesome. I guess that's kind of how it starts for everybody, though, right? Yeah, you need a project. Indeed, because yeah, because steel's too damn expensive to weld and throw out every single piece. You gotta hope that your weld is good. <laughs> <laughs> And if it's Back not, in the day, it used it to be. It used yeah. to be all right, but anymore, I assume I haven't bought steel in a long time. I still have so much scrap left over that it that fulfills most of my projects. But I bought used steel up in a place by I think it was in Kankakee years ago, and I still have a ton of steel left over from that. But nice. I hear that it has gone up quite a bit. I know DOM has. I know that my cage would have been crazy expensive if Bray had had to buy that stuff at current prices. Yeah, it's stupid expensive. I think it's coming down a little bit. I mean, Growy would know, but um, it's not. It, it'll never go back to where it was. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, when I bought my uh, steering kit, my like DIY kit from Chris, I mean, it was just you know raw materials, and it was still. I mean, DOM was pricey. I didn't realize how much money it was. The first time I bought DOM, I had no idea. Yeah, DOM is definitely off the deep end because you look at it and you're like, that's just a tube. It can't be that expensive. And boy, are you wrong. $70 boy, a foot. <laughs> How much? No, I'm just, I mean, I don't know. It depends <laughs> on the size. I just threw out a crazy number. $70 a foot. 
Boy, would that be insane. It's not that far off. Okay, I mean, that isn't definitely a insane. Off, but yeah. For an inch, what is the most popular size? Like inch and three quarter 120 wall? Yeah. Is that like the DOM that everybody like has a couple sticks of laying around back when they could afford to? Yeah. Back when they well, could I know, afford I'm to. Fresh out. Well, I'm fresh out of DOM at my house. I might have some, some what is it, H-R-E-W, some crew. Crew, hot rod, like <laughs> I might have some of that, but I definitely don't have any DOM lying around. Okay, just to just a just a quick check, and this is like I didn't spend much time on this. Rough stuff sells it by the foot. You can get a six foot tube of what you just described, one seven five, one twenty wall for sixty one bucks. Now this is going to be a lot more expensive than if you buy like ten twenty foot sticks at like a, a steel place. But yeah, I think it's like six seven eight dollars a foot range. Man, at those prices, you should probably put those in those uh, swag bags that you've got going on. Dude, you listened to the assignment. Somebody hit this guy on metal. Yeah, great segue. Kyle, do you want to tell the readers what a swag bag is? So getting ready for core 2023, we are all ready to go. Um, If you head on over to totaloffroadpodcast.com and hit the shop button, it'll be the first thing on your page is a swag pack. Now, buying that swag pack gets you all sorts of stuff. You get a limited edition hoodie. Um, You're going to get a trail flag. You heard that right. We have trail flags. Um, Oh, wait a minute. They're back. I just realized realized the sample flag should actually be here right now. That just came to me. Oh, it gets in your mailbox and you haven't gone to the mailbox yet? It's probably downstairs right now. Jeez. Um, So, yeah, you're going to get a sweatshirt. Make sure you select the size. Uh, You get a trail flag. They're going to be really nice. These are not going to be cheap. Are these Um, like the same trail flags we got years ago that were really nice? Yes. yes, but these now, as long as everything works out and I don't want to, you know, have the, I don't want to eat my words here, but the ones that we are looking into getting are embroidered, double-sided. Whoa. Damn. So these are, these are really nice flags. Like you can, They're you even can nicer. bash on these. Yeah. They're even these are nicer because the last ones were like screen printed. They were on thick nylon. Um, so they looked really good and they were a lot thicker than your typical trail flag, but they weren't yep. embroidered. So that's even better. I, I lost um, mine. It fell off because I didn't do a good enough job attaching it to my. We'll go flag order rod. a swag pack. I'm gonna order a swag pack right. Actually, I'm gonna do it right now on the podcast. Can we do sc- it? Can we let screen me know share. Your or- let me know your do, order number I, when you're here, done. How do, how do I do this? I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna like make typing sounds like ASMR style. Ready? Quit it. Oh, that was wonderful. I don't want to hear your typing ASMR. <laughs> so get out of here. You're going to get a sweater. You're going to get, which we've never had sweaters either, by the way. It's a sweatshirt, not a sweater. Don't say a sweater like it's going to be a Cosby uh, it's sweater. A, it's a hoodie. It's or, a it's hoodie. Gonna, or, it's, or it's like Good. a hockey jersey if you're from I the north. People. <laughs> um, Steve is going to be putting in a bottle of ceramic spray. Which, you know, you can never have too much of that. Um, what, else on? what is ceramic spray? Is it a cleaner or is it a like detail? Like so, this is Steve's razzle dazzle ceramic spray um, for deep shine. It's like a coating. So, is this after my rig is clean, or is this? So. This is I after. need to clean it. 
this this is when it's done and you want it to absolutely shine or your um, wheels if you polish your wheels up or even clean them if they're already clean and polished you can spray it on your wheels rub it in i don't actually know how you apply it i'm sure there are directions i've seen the the Yep, you just video. spray it, spray it, grab your favorite things. microfiber and just work it in. Um, it works on plastic. So the other day I was uh, going to ride my Goldwing that I just bought and it was looking a little crummy because it's not sit. It doesn't have a cover on it right now. So we went ahead and uh, I grabbed just literally a microfiber and the spray and I did the whole bike and it looks like it just showed up, came off the showroom floor. That stuff is so easy to use. I Okay, I hate cleaning automobiles. I hate it. I don't know how Steve does it for a living. I hate it. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. This makes it so easy. Dude, you say that Steve hates, Steve does a real thing. Cleaning isn't even describe what he does. What he does is so much more detailed yeah, I mean, he's than making that. art. On the other hand, I'm over here running my truck through the automatic car wash. Thankfully, the, this town has an automatic car wash, and everybody's like, no, it's touching and brushing your paint. Well, you know what? I don't have time. I get a kid. I'm like, I'm just going to run my truck through the automatic wash. It looks good enough. And yeah, it's putting tons of little tiny scratches in it. But you know what? I'll just take them out with some razzle-dazzle. Nobody will know the difference. Boom. So, and if you like that, then you can support Steve by buying others polishing products. It's, yeah, so, it's a good stuff. sample. So the the swag pack gets you like a lot of good stuff for the price. I mean, honestly, you're getting a decent bit. Now, the reason you should be ordering it is this gives you an entry to go to the complete off-road experience this year. We're only selling a certain amount of these. Your odds are really good. If you order two of them, your odds are even better. Um, I'll be honest with you right now. We have not sold a ton of them right now. So if you order one, you have really, really good odds to go on core. And you got to do it before July 31st. So you got basically a month by the time this podcast airs. Yeah, month and a part of a week. <laughs> Something like that. But it's it's happening pretty soon. And the complete offered experience gets you the opportunity to wheel with us at a private ground in Iowa for two days. Am I right? Is that two days, Ming? Is it it three is days? two days. Two days. I thought it was two days. I'm even hoping to have snow day back by then, which, fingers crossed, my cage will be done and my rig will be there. Either way, I'll be there, but hopefully my rig will be there. Yeah, I... You know, I, I don't want to beat the dead horse for too long, so I'll I'll just end it at that. But go go order a swag pack. If you don't live close enough to go on the event, you are still getting a lot of good stuff for pretty much at cost. It's definitely so a go. good deal. It's cool stuff. If you like the podcast and you want a cool sweatshirt, a trail flag. I really like the trail flag just in that a lot of trail flags suck and fall apart, and this one's going to be durable, and that'll be nice. Because not all off-road parks require it. But some do. Actually, I'd say about half the parks they go to do, which I think is a good idea anyway. Everyone's like, man, like, no, you're coming over a hill. You want someone to know you're there. Have a trail flag. And my my Jeep is emerald green. If I don't have a flag on my Jeep, you cannot Jeep, see me. You look like a fern or a, a evergreen tree. Yep. And I've had that happen where dirt bikes will come flying up on me and say, we can't see you. So I like the flags, but that's just me. It doesn't hurt. Plus, then you're repping the podcast when you're on the trail. 
Ed, what kind of flag do you have on your M37? Oops, I left the cat out of the bag a little bit there. Damn it. I have the stock uh, one that you can get for $15 at Badlands Off-Road Park. Sounds like you need a swag pack. Sounds like you need a better flag. (laughs) I think I need one of those stickers that says, um, more saws all, less research. I hope that that's might be in the swag pack. There's it just might be in the swag pack. There's an assortment of stickers that come in them. <laughs> I think it's a mystery. I'm not sure that uh, we've released what stickers will be included. <laughs> I'm not sure we know either. <laughs> that's well, possible there's your, too. There's your little secret to go uh, go order it up because you're gonna get some stuff in there. There might be some new stickers. Oh boy. Oh boy. So anyway order a swag pack but the reason that we have our buddy my buddy and soon to be all of our buddy ed on here today is to talk about a couple of rigs that he's meticulously restored ed do you want to tell us a little bit about you and the rigs that uh, you have in your possession sure so yeah like mike said uh he and i grew up together in illinois and um so when i when i moved over here there wasn't a whole lot to do um, didn't have a whole lot of friends. It's kind of like what Mike's experiencing now. And so I got kind of um, into restoring vehicles. And one of the, one of the vehicles that I restored was a uh, 1943 Willis MB, uh, which is more colloquially known as a World War II Jeep. And uh, that took me eight years to do. And while I was restoring that, I decided, well... I'd like to have something that I can actually take off road and, uh, you know, do some wheeling with while I'm restoring this thing. So I bought a 1963 Dodge M37 and, uh, I've taken that out to Badlands a couple of times and had a lot of good fun with that. And, um, since I live out in the country and I need something as a kind of like a utility carrier or gardening or whatever other project I've got. I have a 1968 Bayfield Buell, which is a um, four by eight sheet of plywood with four wheel drive, basically. Um, I'm not sure I have any idea what you're talking yeah, about right I'm gonna now. I'm going to have to Google that, but I'm, I'm going to need you to repeat this it. together right now. Okay. Bayfield. Bayfield is the is the manufacturer. Its uh, M designation is M as in Mike 274. And these were originally used as ammunition haulers uh cargo haulers but then they oh, also that is so cool sorry they also put uh 105 millimeter recoilless rifles on them and use them as anti-tank weapons whoa wow that's cool yeah they this literally look like wild looking they look like a you're right it is like a sheet of plywood with wheels on it <laughs> that is so crazy so the whole power train's just underneath the i don't know board for yeah. lack of a better term, <laughs> I think I think the bed is, I think the bed is aluminum and the wheels are magnesium. Uh, but the engine is a two-cylinder air-cooled uh, engine. There was a four-cylinder, but they got rid of that because I guess it was too, uh, too heavy. Wait, this thing's this thing's bananas. You can like ride on it or walk behind it. Yeah, yeah. Whoa! What in the hell? So hold on. You mean to tell me you actually use this thing around the yard? Like, did you fully restore it and now you use it for that? Or you just buy it and you use it? Like, what, what's the, what's its purpose? So I bought that thing as it is. Um, and the guy I bought it from, he, he couldn't get it to run. And 
it was, you know, bone stock, it was green, which is what I wanted. I had to do a couple of little things like, you know, clear out the carburetor and stuff like that, but I didn't have to do anything to restore it, so to speak. And then um, I use it for, you know, watering trees. So, you know, put a bunch of buckets of water on the, on it. I'm not worried about water slopping around and everything. Um, we use it for hauling brush. Um, I mean, just anything where you would use a pickup truck, but you want to have access to everything that's in the bed from anywhere. I mean, it's really good for just throwing a bunch of crap on and then going somewhere in the yard. So is it about the size of a Willys or is it smaller? No, it's about the size of a Jeep. It's it's a uh, let's see. What is it? I think it weighs 750 pounds and you can put half a ton on it. It was the first army vehicle that could carry more than its own weight. Dude, wow. That is so badass. So is yours the single seat model of the steering wheel like the ones we're seeing or? Yeah. So uh, anything that comes with uh, two seats or an electric start, that's a civilian mod. So it's a, it's it. a pull start. You have to, you know, it's like a lawnmower. You have to pull pull start it that way. And the pull starts on the front. <laughs> So you have to make sure it's out of gear. Otherwise, you'll only be able to pull it once. I absolutely <laughs> love this thing. I'm not sure and I've ever seen one of these before. It is so cool. It looks like, a, to me, a kit or something. It doesn't even look real. Well, and I found like the dimensions of it to where like you could probably build one of these. <laughs> You probably crazy. could, honestly. Like It wouldn't be the hardest thing in the world, but the fact that you have an original one is so much cooler. Oh, yeah. No, they're the, they're a lot of fun. The layout and it has a high and low range. That's insane. That like we're I don't even see a transfer case, but is it just in the axles? Yeah. So the the transmission and the transfer case are all at the rear end, right mm. in front of the. Uh, well, there's no transfer case, so to speak. It's it's four wheel drive all the time, and okay. you've got high low range, and you've got reverse, and then three forward gears. So basically, have six speeds. Yeah. So it doesn't shift like you know, you'd shift a truck or a Jeep or whatever. It's more like a tractor. You put it in gear and then you go. Mm -hmm. If you want to change gears, you stop and you put it in the next gear and you go. Gotcha. Oh yeah. I'm seeing now that it says you can go like, you can go 25 miles an hour in this thing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but that's scary as hell. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, you know, I, since I live out in the country, my, my nearest neighbor is probably like three quarters of a mile away and I'll drive down to his house and on the thing. And there's no suspension either, other than the pneumatic tires. Oh, that's wonderful. They're hard mounted axles. Yeah. So if you've got, if you've got, you know, too much air in the tires, you're bouncing all over the place. <laughs> I love that you use it. I think that's my favorite yeah. part about it. It's not even that it's like nicer than just the fact that it even works and how old it is, but the fact that you're like, I own this thing and I'm going to use it for gardening rather than like, set it aside and only take it to shows or something. That's that's awesome. I don't know if I heard you say this. Is yours quad steer? No, it is not. So the, they did quad steer up to, I think it was the A, I think it was the M274A1 and A2 had quad steer. And then the A3, which is the one I have, didn't have it. Question, do you think they would let you take it to the Badlands? <laughs> Oh my That's God, you can take anything there. A buddy of mine, you know, he keeps on, you know, trying to get me to take it out there, but it would be so uncomfortable because yeah. that seat is just like, you know, foam. Yeah. And there's no suspension. So it probably wouldn't do 
too great. Yeah. I mean, I think you'd have to could, go real slow. They could yeah. probably tackle anything that's out there. It's just it'd be very uncomfortable. Are the are the yeah. axle are there differentials in the axles or are they just like spools? No, it's just like a portal axle. But is there a differential? Like are the two wheels on each axle locked together or is it Oh yeah, yeah. They're yeah, you're leaving trails when you turn. No. <laughs> and then it might do pretty well if it's just four wheel drive spooled front and rear basically it's so wild i mean if you took it to the badlands would they treat it like an atv until you are required to wear a helmet they would right Pro- yeah no- for sure for sure because yeah. there's no cage or anything like i feel like if i was drunk enough that'd be fun but also <laughs> you're not supposed to drink at the badlands or at any offered park because that's bad um, i mean if you bring if you leave the rifle attached you might not have to wear a helmet <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they're going to stop you but I will say that without the quad steer, the thing turned like a battleship. I mean, it just, you're doing like a 36 <laughs> point turn to turn around. It's crazy. Oh yeah. With no diffs, I can only imagine what that thing would be like to turn. It probably turns about at the same radius as a school bus or something. Like it's oh, just yeah. silly. Yeah. It's horrible. I'm, I'm <laughs> as tiny sure, as it is. I guess, you know, when they were using them, they were envisioning something like, you know, Korea where it wasn't like jungles and everything. And you could turn around pretty wide. I could think of so many uses for this for like at home use. Like you were saying, use it for your garden. Mm-hmm. I mean, like why I not? Super, be super useful. Yeah, they're I mean, gone. I want one for my property. I've never even heard of this thing. Now I want one. Imagine <laughs> pulling up to the gas station to get like another case of beer in this thing. Like you would be the most badass person alive. You mean I mean, when pallet, you say another you case of beer. Of beer? Yes, thank you, Derek, for saying the thing I was thinking. You pull up shirtless, obviously, got your aviators on, and then you pull up to the, the fucking, not the, the gas station, the, I don't know, brewery? The Costco. The Costco, and you're like, load me up a case of that there, Miller Lite. Done. That'd be great. Let's drive away. The whole thing, thing like, sits cool. down, and you're just, like, stare them in the eyes as you putter away. <laughs> and have you done indeed. this before? <laughs> well, if not you. You have homework if you haven't done this before. <laughs> there's um, there's pictures online of I don't know if it's like the Korean War or the Vietnam War, but um, they they've got everything stacked on like the rear right hand side, and the front left wheel is completely off. So they they have <laughs> wow. the cargo to keep it from you know toppling over. That's crazy. I tried what to look a, up a picture of a loaded one, but I'm not seeing much. What a cool piece of equipment. Yeah, it doesn't even a surprise to me. I knew about his other two rigs. I did not know that he owned one of these, and it's very exciting to look at and see. I can't wait to see photos. You've got to send us photos so we can post these for all the listeners to hear. Or to yeah, see. I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not to sure hear. I have photos to here. I just found an image of someone that like made their own DIY one and it is all so hilariously at obtainable parts. <laughs> a just, DIY one, huh? Br- uh, just a Briggs or a, a Predator engine, a <laughs> ATV rear end, some like coil shocks, you know, like you get to boost the back end of your car. Hey, it actually has shocks on it. So it's an improvement over the original yeah, design. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Now here's a question. <laughs> Uh, has anybody done a snowmobile conversion on one? Skis oh. on the front, two treads in the back. That'd be amazing. Oh, man. Portals to speed it up, you know? 
Well, I, don't, I, I imagine it doesn't have a whole lot of power, but it'd be like dope. It. It'd it only does, be two-wheel drive, though. What fun is that? Snowmobiles are only two-wheel... Well, it's two-track drive, right? It'd be too it's slow. One more, it's got one more track than the snowmobile. Too slow. I don't dig it. Ooh, what do lame. you? Okay, so you're traveling across snow, and you need a platform, but you only have two-wheel drive. Like, what? What are you gonna haul? What are you doing? Uh, medicine to kids in what, oh, was, what was that? Movie? Medicine to kids, snow dogs that's, or something? <laughs> no, that's that's it. Medicine to kids. That's Alaska, the best possible yeah. use of that. Yeah, yep. because the kids need their medicine, and the the truck can't get there. Truck can't get there. There's snow on the ground. So you take your platform with skis. <laughs> it's a, it's a motorized dog sled, and probably yeah. much slower. Much slower, very very much slower. <laughs> Dogs are way faster than that. <laughs> and then when you get there with the medicine, the kids are like, "Thanks." Or you show up with like eight dogs, and they're like, "Yay, dogs!" <laughs> well, no, I was gonna say the medicine's spoiled because it's too slow. <laughs> <laughs> the medicine's spoiled, but it's freezing out, so it's fine. True. Yeah, it's fine. All right, that went off the rails. Yeah, a little bit. Sorry. That's what we do. It's fine. See, Ed, I wasn't kidding. It's the same bullshit, but slightly less bullshit. <laughs> I feel like um, I feel like we're making good progress on, you know, talking about off road stuff. I listened to a couple of episodes today to kind of research what you guys do. And uh, yeah, there were some tangents that uh, <laughs> hard for me to follow. So how does it feel to be a part of one of these tangents? Uh, I'm just happy to be a podcaster now. I mean, I think I can claim that, right? There you go. Yeah, you'll get priority seating at um, restaurants now. <laughs> go podcasting. Yeah, go podcasting. <laughs> that should be a sticker. Right? With an exclamation point. Go podcasting. Yeah, right. just podcasting uh, in general. Just go that. Go that. All right, so we've heard about the, I've already forgot what it's called, the something 274. M274. Yeah, the M274. And we briefly touched on, I don't know, do, do we talk about this like the Patreon has already happened or not? Hey guys, the Patreon has already <laughs> happened. <laughs> so we still have two rigs to go. We have to hear about Ed's other two cool rigs. I'm not sure if either one is as cool as the one we just heard about, but <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say. It's all subjective, right? Like, you have to decide what you think is the coolest. If you're a platform guy, that was probably the coolest and you should stop <laughs> now. Like sheets of plywood. <laughs> if you're like super into like flat surfaces, you should stop listening to this podcast without, right without now. Suspension. <laughs> I don't know. But there's some flat in, surfaces on the other rigs. But if you're not into a, not one. Yeah, that's true. If you're into Dodges or Jeeps and anything antique, then you should probably stick around for these next two. Pretty much anything military related. All right, Ed, which one do you want to talk about? Actually, which one do you have the most work into? Which one is like your, your baby? Is it the Willys or the M37? The, 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 the Willys definitely has the most work into it. That's the one that took me eight years. And I wasn't just like sitting around the whole time. But the one that gets the most use is the M37. Hell um, actually, yeah. I drove the M37 down to the post office today to drop off a package. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll just hop in it and go for a drive or, you know, whatever the Jeep is more, I, I guess it's more like my baby. Like I'm, I'm more I, proud. Isn't the right word, but I'm more, um, judicious in how I use that one. 
I mean, it is very slow, so that's got to be part of your like thought <laughs> process when it comes to what am I going to drive into town today? Like, am I going to go 35 miles an hour or, I don't know, how fast is an M37 go? 35 miles an hour. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, unless, you re- unless you re-gear it, I might add. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you throw different differentials in there, you can probably get it going up to, you know, 50, 55, but... That's what mine does. Yeah, my mine is bone stock, um, and with that long stroke on that motor, it's just... It struggles if you try to get it past 35. Wow. Okay. So it's not about speed. It's more about utility. And you find that the M37 is more useful. Yeah. I mean, I've got, um, I also have an M101 trailer for it, which is the trailer that was designed for that vehicle. And Are so you I'll go even out. kidding me? <laughs> Everyone's losing their mind, especially Ming over here. Yeah. So, you know, I'll take it and I'll go up to, you know, Menards and buy, you know, a bunch of uh mulch you know in the spring when i need it and i'll just load that thing down with with mulch when i was redoing my uh workshop and like insulating it and everything i would make you know material runs up to menards and just get plywood and insulation and just fill both of these things to the brim of course the danger is is that you get somebody who's also picking up materials and then they want to talk to you for half an hour about your product <laughs> That's it. It's like, how much time do I have for this project? And uh, do I have an extra hour to kill for people surrounding me? (laughs) Hey, you said you wanted to make more friends, right? (laughs) Do you have a picture of that thing with the trailer, like loading up plywood at Menards? Because that just sounds like the coolest thing. Well, no, because I, I, you know, I get stopped and, you know, a bunch of gawkers want to look. So I just can't get a picture of the truck by itself. (laughs) <laughs> he gets upset about the gawkers and yet brings gawky thing into public. It's, it's probably my most useful vehicle because my pickup truck is, you know, it's just like a little GMC Canyon. So I can't fit a bunch of stuff in it. Is it, is it painted camo or? No, it's just a uh, OD green. <sighs> see, you need to paint it camo and then they won't see it. It's problem uh, yeah. solved. Yeah. Womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Cause I just Googled M101. I had a, I had a vision of what it probably was in my mind because I've heard heard that type of trailer before. And there's, I guess there's two. There's like the CDN2 or something like that. One of them's got like the vertical slats on the side and it seems like a much larger bed. And another one looks a little bit smaller. I assume it's the, for, the first one. Um, the first one yeah, looks one more I- like an M37 like bed. Yeah, so the one that I've got has the slats on the side, and then there are, okay. um, you know, things for a canopy. I forget what they're called. Yeah, that's like a so super uh, the stake holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that like has got to be the coolest useful. thing in the world. Yeah, we're definitely gonna need pictures of the full setup if you can. Don't go um, into town though. Actually. <laughs> I, I use the M37 also because I um, I volunteer with the local honor flights where they send you know veterans out to Washington D.C. to see the monuments and so mm. during the Christmas parade uh, we load a bunch of veterans in the back and we do the Christmas parade so it's it's also useful that way I just you know I like for people to look at it but I want them to be kind of at arm's length like at a parade <laughs> you know. It's perfect. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Nobody wants people to touch their rig. Man, when you brought that Willys to that car show, everybody wanted to touch it. The old oh. guys, the veterans, the kids, everybody was like, can I touch it? Can I sit in it? I mean, you got to be used to that by now, right? Yeah, um, I'm I'm very used to people wanting to touch my Willis. 
<laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Happens. You were supposed to use that joke on the Patreon. Yep. That's all right. <laughs> the the opportunity presented itself at the wrong time. Yeah. I mean, again, for what you guys are yes. paying me, I mean. <laughs> hey, checks in the mail. Kyle will uh, bleep that out. The rubber check is in the mail. <laughs> he won't bleep it out. Oh, yeah. All, all the things that we said we were going to edit out later. Uh, how many? Let me count. One, two, three. None of them one, ever got edited out. One, uh, one, one time. Of them. I hold the record. Ever, Derek got edited out. And that was like many, many, like a hundred episodes ago or something. I got, I got canceled by Steve. Wait, no, this was recent. No, it was way back in the day. You guys haven't been listening to the podcast, have you? Nope. I guess not. <laughs> do you what remember? Got out? Do you remember Derek, the podcast where your dog started barking? Uh, yeah. You should go give that a listen. <sighs> I gotta listen. I gotta listen to the podcast that I was on. I don't have time. I don't even have time to listen to the podcast that I'm not on. But I try my best. I try to listen right. to them just so that a I remember because my memory is terrible, and uh, b so that it gets more listens. That's a good right? point. It's all good, all in general. That time, even yeah, the ones I'm on, it's a little it, weird to listen to one you're on, but that's all right. Give it away, and if someone wants to send them the timestamp, um, it would be forever in your debt. Please do that. You you gave me a timestamp, and I went ahead and and did your did your biddings. Oh, I know the timestamp then. Great. Yep. <laughs> well, I sure don't know what you guys are talking about, but clearly Derek got edited. I don't know, out. but I, I don't know what he's talking about either. I just know that if I sent him a timestamp, then I have record of it somewhere. And now I can yeah, I'm being intentionally it. vague. Go, <laughs> go find it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it Terrible. right now on the podcast. I'm just gonna blast it through the real speakers so everybody can hear it. Can't wait. Um, so I, can't, Ed, I, don't, with I don't have the ability to do that. Every everything on your M37 is all stock, right? Like you haven't done any changes to it. Uh, so I've done a couple of things just for kind of, uh, you know, ease of use. The first thing I did was I upgraded to a Petronics electronic ignition because I didn't want to be messing with points and, you know, all that stuff. Then I also put in a 24 volt, uh, Marine, uh, as in boating, not as in Marine Corps, uh, fuel filter, <laughs> or not fuel filter, fuel pump. Um, interesting. My in in the stock setup, the fuel uh, in line to the carburetor goes right past the exhaust manifold, and if you turn that thing off and let it sit for you know two minutes, you're going to vapor lock. So oh geez, uh, so yeah, I put on the uh, the fuel pump so I could overcome that and not be stuck at the ice cream stop, shop when I was uh, you know, <laughs> driving my wife down there. That's a good idea. It is very smart. And does it still look original? Like, I mean, you pop the hood, is it very obvious or does it still look original enough that you're like satisfied with it? Oh, no, it looks very original. I mean, I think that unless you really knew what you were looking for, you you wouldn't you wouldn't notice. It seemed like even there was a there's a point at the show when I was standing there with Ed talking and a veteran, I assume a veteran, I'm pretty sure he was a veteran, came up and started talking to him about his rig and he asked him something like, how is it? so original or he what did he say to you he said like how is it so something 
And you were like, because I'm meticulous or like, it was just like the, the oh. answer wasn't what he was expecting. Yeah. He, he, I think he said something like, oh, it's so perfect. And I said, well, that's because I'm meticulous. Yeah. Like he just, he like didn't understand. He was like, how is it possible that you have, it looks like you just opened the box and built it. And it was yeah. like an old guy. Like a, I don't know, he wasn't a World War II veteran, but I mean, he was an old guy. And yeah, I remember he was, he was that uh, gentleman from Puerto Rico who, uh, he yeah. how in Puerto Rico, they still have a bunch of Jeeps and, and stuff. So, so yeah, I mean, actually that's, you know, kind of an interesting discussion in itself is you would think that there's not a whole lot of parts for these things out there, but I mean, there, there really are, you can buy pretty much any, you know, World War II Jeep part new, newly manufactured uh, anymore. Because the restoration community is like so hopping that their manufacturers are like, hell yeah, we'll make that part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, G503.com is like one of the big Jeep forums. And I mean, you go on there, you ask a question, you're going to get your answer pretty quickly. I don't use Facebook, so I don't know, you know what it's like on Facebook. But um, there's such demand all over the world for, you know, these World War II Jeep parts that, that there's a bunch of different vendors out there that have set up shop. That's awesome. So we yes. haven't really heard much about the Jeep yet. We've heard about the M37 now, and we've heard about the what? I still forget what this thing's called. The 247? 274. 274. Yeah, the mule. <laughs> the mule. But the Jeep, your baby, the the meticulously restored eight-year project. Can we hear a little bit about that? Uh, sure. So, actually, my entire Jeep you know, uh, story started, uh, back in Illinois, Mike, you may remember the balloon classic. Oh, absolutely. So one year at the balloon classic, they were raffling off a world war two Jeep. And I begged my dad to get tickets for this raffle because I wanted that Jeep so bad. And I was probably like, you know, eight or nine years old. Wait, (laughs) can I interrupt? What is the balloon classic? It was like a hot air balloon. Oh, okay. Yeah. With the car show. Happened at the sure. airport. There probably was a car show there, but we were so young that I'm not even sure we would have cared. Yeah. But well, Charlie would have because of this old Jeep. But regardless, yeah, right. it was just a uh, hot air balloons. It was it was fun. It was uh, basically like a fair with hot air balloons. That's yeah, dope. Sponsored yeah. by Oldsmobile for some reason. Oh my god, the Oldsmobile <laughs> balloon classic. That's totally true. I totally forgot. That's what it was. It's amazing. So they were raffling off this Jeep, and I, I wanted this thing so bad. And you know, obviously, we didn't win it. But that kind of stuck with me. And um, so I think it was probably like 2011. I found this Jeep on eBay. It was down in Dallas. And I decided to take the plunge because I I had gone out and looked at a few that were local. But in the Midwest, I mean, you're usually just buying rusted out junk. And so it was down in Texas. I bid on it. I ended up winning, but not meeting the reserve price. So I just, you know, messaged the guy. I was like, hey, can we work something out? So the next weekend, I drove down there, paid the guy's cash, got the title, and arranged shipping back. And when I bought it, it ran, but I mean, it was real rough. Um, it, you know, the front bumper was missing. The interior was all torn out. Um, it was just, it, it needed a lot of work, but it was by far the best one that I had seen of the ones that I had looked at. And so I got this thing home and actually I had it in Illinois for a while at my mom's house. And I started taking it apart there because I was still living in an apartment when I bought it. I mean, that's, that's how bad I wanted this thing is 
I didn't really have a place for it, but I was able to like store it at my parents' house. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and um yeah, from from there, like I, I started working on it, um, finally got, you know, where I am now and I have a shop and everything. And, you know, taught myself how to weld, uh, did all of the engine work myself. Really the only things on that Jeep that I didn't do myself were uh the frame had a bad bend in it that I got a friend of mine to, to do and uh you know the machining work on the engine everything else was 100% me that's awesome that makes a lot of sense why it's your baby it's not just that you restored it it's that you really had a hand in every single part of the restoration and like knowing your rig inside and out like nobody can really say that they do that better that oh. they know it unless they've done everything oh like, yeah it's every every bolt like you know every bolt head size and like you know every every vacuum line and every feel it's just like insane to have that kind of in-depth knowledge of a vehicle and you really never know unless you bolt it yourself yeah i mean as many parts as you can get a jeep into that's how many parts i had this thing in and i mean i i literally had it in boxes for a while because you know it, the whole mentality was strip it down to the frame get the frame rebuilt, get the diffs rebuilt, get the axles back on. So I have a rolling chassis. And then from there, start doing the other things to make it back into a Jeep. Seems like a good plan. Seems like it works. It's insane. <laughs> you guys should see it. I mean, it, you could stick it right into world war two and nobody would know the difference. I mean, it's, it's really, and it's actually probably a little bit too good, right? Because the ones that would have been more beat up than yours. So like they'd be like, hey, why is this one so nice? Did this just get like unloaded <laughs> off the box? Like because they shipped them in crates, right? They just like a pry the the wood apart and be like, all right, Jeep. <laughs> Pretty much how that well, went. Well, I'm not gonna this is a big object of, of discussion in the Jeep community, is that the whole Jeep in a crate thing is probably BS. Uh nobody yeah. was buying Jeeps in crates after the war. Um Oh, I didn't mean before the war. I meant like during the war. Is that how they would show up? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't know. I know that they would. Th there is a technical manual out there for how to set up a kind of Jeep production line in the field to put these things together. Uh, I don't know personally whether they shipped them in Jeeps or they just, you know, shipped them, you know, on a train car and they had to be kind of knocked down because of that i i'm not i'm not sure probably yes yeah, so probably depended where they went i mean there's a lot of those vehicles back then and probably still now were designed to be you know they could be either or right for a lot of things right um but that's why they have they have such a low profiles because you could like take the windshield off and fold the seats down or take them off completely and have them like pack underneath the vehicle into a much smaller crate shape that could stack on a train car, like you said, or, you know, a, a flatbed semi or whatever they needed to do to get them to where they needed to go. Maybe even planes, right? Yeah. I think they probably put them in planes probably. and pushed them out. Hopefully. Yeah. So they might've come assembled ish, but like some assembly required. Yeah. But like I, probably, they probably didn't have those guys like, putting the axles in, putting the engines in, anything like that. It was probably like mostly together. Yeah, I think probably the, the most work you were doing was probably putting the wheels back on or something like that. And like folding the wheels up to find out about. There's a, there's a video I remember that of like a team mm -hmm. of like 
10 soldiers like disassembling and reassembling some kind of flat fender jeep uh in like minutes like like less than 20 minutes or something like that they like fully disassemble it including tearing down some of the engine i think i don't remember and granted they're like not torquing anything or like being careful it's just like pull it apart put it back together just as like a you know a show of cool stuff at like some event but it was still pretty crazy how few parts you could break it down into i'm pretty sure i've seen that video and i know exactly what you're talking about where they do it in like seconds you're like what the fuck yeah well that's one of the things that i really enjoy about antique or vintage military vehicles is they are the very essence of what an automobile is they have a very specific purpose there's not you know really any creature comforts for them because they weren't designed to you know run for decades decades they were designed to be out on the battlefield and you you know their operational life is probably going to be measured in you know months uh if you're you know actually using them on the battlefield and i mean there's just there's something about that very minimalistic approach to design that is very appealing to me for some reason I mean, yeah, it I makes it. sense. I get uh, it. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying that it really is just something else. Like, I never would have thought about it in, like, a we've designed this to operate for, like, several months because it'll probably get either left behind or blown up. Like, it's just weird to think about because <laughs> they also seem very durable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you would think that, if anything, they were thinking, like, this will last forever because of its simplicity. But instead, they're like, make it only good enough. So, like, which which train of thought was actually in play when they came out with that design? Was it extreme durability or was it meh? They're, it's only going to last a few months anyway. They're kind of related, though, because, like, the simpler the design, the less shit can fail. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's also one of the things that kind of creeps up in the Jeep restoration community is, you know, if you have, like, a, you know, 57 Chevy Bel Air, your standard of restoration is very different from what would be expected in the Jeep community. Well, the World War II Jeep community, because they were trying to get these things out the door so quickly that they weren't worried about things like overspray or paint drips, uh, things like that. So you have these two, you know, camps in the Jeep community. One camp is trying to do it like you do the 57 Chevy and the other is trying to do it like how they would do it in the in the factory when it was actually being built. And so you have these people who are researching, OK, well, what did the factory probably look like and what processes were in front of others in the line? And here's some picture evidence that we have that shows that the the engine went in and then they did a paint spray. And I mean, you can get so deep into this this type of stuff. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, it's it actually it went so so bad that I actually one time did a calculation to try and figure out how many Jeeps they were producing every day based on like their line speed and, you know, all this other stuff. Just to see how many how much time you had to (laughs) had to like spray paint on something. Well, because like, you know, there's this there. I think there was this thing that was like, oh, there's a Jeep. There was a Jeep produced every minute during World War Two. And I was thinking, okay. Well, to do that, how many Jeeps would you have to produce every day? How long would your line have to be running? Like, what kind of downtime do you think they had? You know, it was just more of a thought experiment than mm-hmm. you know, really tried to get an answer for something. What's That's interesting cool. about that is that if you think about that, as far as a restor- a person who restores goes, you think, do I do it sloppy so it's accurate or do I do it 
perfect and like showroom condition so it's inaccurate yeah yeah and how do you decide which way to go like what do you do well you know even though i'm meticulous i'm also a little bit lazy so there are (laughs) and overspray on my jeep (laughs) which just makes it more accurate right right yeah that's awesome best best kind of vehicle to restore if you're uh on a time crunch although it took you eight years so i don't know what happened (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Just giving you a hard time. Did you have a shop all eight of those years, Ed? Um, I had a shop for, I want to say six of those years. So the first okay. two years was really kind of borrowing time, you know, going back to my parents' house and doing what work I could, which was mainly disassembly and cleaning. The assembly really didn't happen until I was uh, able to get my own space and, you know, get this thing where I could dedicate evenings and stuff to it. That makes sense. I mean, once you have a space, projects definitely go a lot quicker because you're not like fighting the weather or, you know, fighting the night. Like you could just like, oh, I'll just set my tools down and go inside and go to sleep instead of clean everything up. There's a storm coming. Ah." Right, right. (laughs) Derek knows about that life. Actually, Derek still knows about that life. Derek's a shop. I, yeah, I was about to build one and then I moved to California. So womp womp on the bright side, the weather is perfect all the time. So there is no inside Except for the first situation. three months of this year. It was terrible. Oh, yeah, I forgot it rained, right? Yeah. It didn't rain a lot, whole, which it never yeah. rains in California. Correct. <laughs> but yeah, it is much nicer now. I can like do stuff and during the summer, it'll be great. It'll be dark in the winters, even though not terribly bad winter, but it gets darker here. Or, like there's less sunlight. I feel like at this latitude than chicago maybe that doesn't make sense i think we're on the same how latitude. late does it stay light there like what time is like 9 30 9 that's how late that's how late it stays dark or light here that's the same yeah no no we're no we're, it's 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 further south than chicago oh yeah it's probably about the same as indiana is lafayette yeah um, it's further, sense, south, further south than chicago so the swings are more Right. So some hour there's more sun in the summer, right? No, no. I got it backwards. Uh, the further north is more swings. I don't actually know. I failed geography. So well, the earth is like this and sure. Goes like this. I believe you. Oh, and then the earth is like that. Is the earth told yeah, sometimes? So the, closer, okay. the closer to the equator you are, the less I mean, if you're on the equator, it's the same amount of sunlight like every day of the year pretty much. Yeah. So Okay. Anyway, so I yeah, I have no excuses. <laughs> Trying to make what excuses, about, guys. What about you, Ming? I actually don't know your shop situation. Like, what do you do? With, you have a bunch of vehicles. Like, what do you do with all those? Uh, driveway. Just all, everything's outside. Every single thing. Mm-hmm. M37 outside. Duramax outside. Yep. Jeep outside. Trailer outside. Motorcycle outside. I was all oh, motorcycle too. Damn. Mm-hmm. What do you have I a place in? Do you have a place for tools? Yeah, like tools. <laughs> tools are boxes outside right now. Yeah. No, tool toolboxes are the only thing that really fit in the garage. Um, just because we have an insane amount of tools. Um so yeah, like on uh for example, Sunday, um I need to do the transmission pan on my Duramax because it's leaking. And one thing led to another. I looked at the clock, it was 8 30, and I'm like, well. I'm out of daylight, can't work on this anymore. Even though I have easily another four hours of energy in me, I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they I make flashlights. 
You need to invest in some nice like tripod lights. Yeah, I have several Milwaukee uh, floodlight systems. Um, that should be more than enough to do a transpan. The the problem is, um, you know, being respectful for the neighbors in this neighborhood. You can shine them down and up and focus them. Like. It's it's the impact. It's the dropping mm-hmm. the transmission pan and making a ruckus. And I mean, sure your how, neighbors okay, are but, very close. But how but you're, you're talking about like it's getting too dark. This is recent. Yeah, this was yesterday. Oh, OK. All right. I got you. Yeah. Then you want to like shut it down by like 930, 10 thereabouts. Yeah. I thought you were saying like in the winter you have no not enough time. But then it's Oh just no, when, winter basically full stops my maintenance. Well yeah, because when you get off work it's not only freezing but also pitch black. <laughs> right. I don't understand. Can you just take your truck to the airplane hangar and work on it there? Um they've been okay with it in the past. Um depending on the week we have so many airplanes in there, there's not even enough room to fit a car that's just that's just stressful though because like you had to drive there to work on it and if you don't fix it then what do you do uber that's a good point too you sleep in a bed we're in a unique situation right now that we actually caught up with all of our work and we're a week out from anything else and it's exactly that i could work on it at work but if i drop the pan and say you know i need a gasket or i bought the wrong transmission filter because there there's a 50 50 shot i got it wrong um I'm not going to tell my coworker I need to borrow his car so I can go to the parts store on the clock. Um, they just, I mean, they don't, I would. <laughs> they, don't, they don't work that way as much as I'd like to. I'd just be like, oh, I'll be back in a little bit. Bye. Mm-hmm. Or you just buy cart. both filters and then just return the return one. one. Well, I've got four gallons of transmission fluid for that reason. That's, so It's probably plenty. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, my... So. Yeah, it's it's overkill. The problem was transcend is so difficult to get your hands on. Um that I just purchased extra so I have it. Are you over maintaining your vehicle, Ming? I am buying unnecessary fluid. Okay, so or can I can I side tangent for a minute? You can side tangent for ten minutes. Go for it. (laughs) So if you if you ask General Motors what is supposed to be in the trans in an Allison 1000 in a 2003 Duramax, they will tell you Dextron 3, which has been now superseded to Dextron 6. Okay, sure, yeah. If you pick up the phone and call Allison, they tell you do not put that in your transmission. You need to put Transcend 668. Oh my god. Do they Hold on, hold on. Do they tell you not to put that in a GM Allison 1000 or they do they just say if you ask them like I w- I have an Allison 1000 or 2000 or whatever like what do you recommend? So are I they was, talking about a commercial application and like a fucking like medium duty truck where it's like non-stop we're, we're loaded spe- specifically my truck. Hmm. Okay, so if you I called do- up Allison and you were like, "Hey Allison, what do you recommend for GM Allison 1000? They would say transcend. This isn't theoretical. This actually happened. Okay. <laughs> so they said um, put transcend uh, ATF in Allison 1000 in a 2004, five Duramax. What do you have? Three, 2003. Yes. Yeah, so I, when, I, when I first bought the truck, I was like, hey, what transmission fluid should I put in? Because whenever I did the spin-ons, I'd lose, you know, the contents of the spin-on. And so... Did some research and everyone's like, yeah, Transcend 668. And I'm like, okay, no problem. Went on Amazon because you cannot find this stuff locally. It doesn't exist. Um, 
So I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. I ordered a gallon. Well, then, what are you doing over there, Mike? Don't you can't fancy it. fluid? You know what I'm doing over here. <laughs> <laughs> so I um recently I was like, okay, I got to do the transpan, so I'm going to go ahead and get more of it. Well, I was in a time crunch at the time, which ended up not mattering anymore because it keeps getting pushed off. But um, I couldn't find it anywhere local. And so there was a bunch of conversation. I talked to some folks about it and they're like, Dextron 6 is fine. And I'm like, yes, but I've been putting in Transcend. So can I mix it? And I wish I could remember who told it to me. They're like, why don't you go on Allison's website and find an authorized distributor and they can probably get it. And I'm like, hey, that's a really good idea. So I found a local truck center by me, called them up. And I'm like, yeah, I need 668. Um, can you get it for me? And they're like, well, what are you putting this in? And I'm like, well, it's an 03 Duramax. He's like, okay, hold on a second. Put me on hold. About two or three minutes later, he comes back on the phone. He goes, hey, can you remind me again? Is it a 2003 Duramax? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, I'm on the phone with Allison right now getting you an exact spec. Nice. Mm. So sure enough, he talked to like literally Allison transmissions and they're like, don't put in deck six, put in Allison 1000 or uh, Transcend 660. I like that Allison's like, don't put in the fluid that is required to be put in by GM in this vehicle. Well, so what did it come if with? If I get on all data right now to look up the spec from GM, from the repair manual, they're going to say put Dexron 3 Merc on in there. And you're yep. like, well, actually. So I will, I will support my claim of companies doing this. When Jeep went to Asian Warner and said, hey, we want a transmission, they came back and said, here you are with your AW4. Asian Warner said, hey, we want this thing to run at 120 degrees. And Jeep said, ha, that's funny. It's going to run at 210 degrees. So the yeah. reason a lot of people have transmission, but this is a fun little secret fact. The the reason a lot of people have issues with their transmissions in a Cherokee and why they can get overheating issues is because that transmission was never designed to run at the operating temperature that it's currently at. So that's why most people will add a second transmission cooler in is to try and like help it stay cool. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and, I never knew and that. to be frank, I, I trust the builder of the transmission more than I trust the company that just stuck it behind their engine. Okay, so I, I... guess it still wasn't their engine because Zuzu made the Duramax. I mean, that's no, true they too. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They what designed you, it and GM made modification. Suzu stamped on that engine. Parts of it are made by Suzu. Okay, well, I actually, just I think, assumed the whole I, thing was you know what? Actually, the I think the first Duramax is may have been made by Suzu. Well, he is a first Duramax, so one right. Okay, first sorry, gen. sorry. Yeah, I'm not gonna pretend to know this. Um, I also owned one, so I know this much. Nice. That much. Yeah. So I I am gonna say something because uh, GM did a shit ton more testing of the Allison 1000 in a Duramax than Allison did. That's true. Every Allison. other transmission that Allison makes, well, not every other one, but. Pretty much all the other transitions that Allison makes go into medium duty trucks. So they probably have this like dyno set and they do all this testing on these transmissions under like medium duty truck profiles and stuff. And then Jim yeah, was like, driving no, we're around gonna... every day to the grocery store. Like, yeah, whatever. And yeah. I'm not saying that like, I'm not saying that they're probably both fine, to be honest. Jesus. I mean, that's the thing at the we're end over, of the day, either of them is like, but... 
Mark Mark Treptov, he said he's been running deck six in his for forever and he has no issues. Yeah. So realistically, both are probably fine. Mixing is probably but, the worst. So you should just stick right. with what you've already done. And that that was the biggest factor of the whole thing is like, yes, I've already been putting this fluid in my truck. Yeah. Um and I mean the 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 transmission's been used for shoot 20 years now 22 years so i feel like if allison was wrong at this point they would have you know and and obviously this isn't always the case but if they were wrong i feel like by now there would have been an update to such a thing yeah well and i'm just saying like for those who have duramaxes with allison's or or gas engines they came behind the 8.1 liter also that's uh, true and you're running deck six or or three or whatever like don't go and do like a trans don't pull a ming and go spend eight hundred dollars on fluid that you don't need (laughs) i mean technically it is theoretically the best fluid for it i like that he didn't argue when i said eight hundred dollars worth of fluid i also like it was was two hundred it was two hundred (laughs) dollars okay that's still pretty expensive (laughs) for four gallons fifty dollars a gallon jesus Mm Oh, oh wow, my yeah, god! I'm gonna put deck I mean, six in my Duramax because it's like twenty dollars a gallon or fifteen. That's like twelve fifty a quart, which yeah, is pretty yeah. expensive. But no. I, how much Maybe more expensive is that than just like a, a quart of bullet deck three? Like, is oh, it twice yeah, the yeah. price? Never mind, I'm done. I thought <laughs> I thought you were saying that the deck six is twelve fifty a quart. I was like, there's no way it's fifty dollars a gallon. No, my no. family has a very bad history with General Motors transmissions. Just in general, and I know this one isn't by you know General Mates and Allison, but if but don't we all? <laughs> I know Derek's family had a four L sixty fail. I've had a couple of them and a fail. Six L eighty, six L eighty. Like we've we've all had our GM transmission failures. Ed, you ever right. had a GM transmission fail on you? No, I have not. Lucky you. Your canyon apparently is just fine. <laughs> Probably don't just drive give it. it. Give it time. It'll go out. They all do. Yeah, right. Just because they started outsourcing the transmission design to ZF, right? If if yeah. if I can get another, I don't know, five years out of this transmission because I was willing to spend just a little bit more money, worth it. If you I, don't I dose, can't do you some that. stupid tune on that thing, it'll probably just last forever. No, it has very mild tunes on it, and I'm you know still very mechanically sympathetic towards its performance. So it'll be fine. You'll you'll be fine. I I, I get what you're saying though, especially since you're already running that fluid, you should keep running it because it would be a lot of time and effort and money to like yeah to flush that out of the cooler i'm not saying more converter yeah screw that um but yeah like i am the same way with the mazda and the truck i put good quality oil in it but the mazda is specifically known for timing chain timing failures because the timing chain tensioner it's not a belt it's a chain is oil pressure driven and it gets gummed up and then like you start the car one day and it doesn't tension the chain and it gets timing and it's an interference engine. So then kaboom. Um, and so I'm like, well, I'll put as good a quality oil as I can without like, you know, paying for don't put royal, royal purple. Yeah. It pens oil ultra platinum. Like it's yeah. on Baba's oil guy. You don't have to go very far to like figure out that it's like well rated and it's not that expensive, but it's like $30 for five quarts or $35 for five quarts or something. So it's like 10 bucks more than mobile one. Big deal, right? Exactly. So I don't want to give Kyle too much credit for his weird transmission fluid like <laughs> purchase, but, but I bought a lawnmower in 2015 and the lawnmower came with two maintenance schedules. It came with the Kawasaki engine schedule 
and it came with the Raptor maintenance schedule. And both of them described everything you should do to the engine. But the Kawasaki maintenance schedule was much more stringent than the engine schedule for the mower. And you look at them and you're like, huh? On its maintenance intervals? On its maintenance intervals. And you're looking at it and you're like, these are both the, the same engine, the same thing, and completely different. One's like, change the oil at 25 and 50 and 100. And the other one's like, every 500 hours. And like, one's oh like, God. use this oil. And this one's like, no, no, use this oil. And like, it's just weird that it would come with both, right? That is weird. Because I, you're like, for a mower, for I would mower. probably trust the Kawasaki one. Exactly. And the Kawasaki one was more stringent. So much like Kyle saying, Allison is probably more stringent about their baby than GM is. Probably that's not what I'm saying is that Allison's not more stringent. I'm just saying that they're testing differently, right? Different yeah. like boundary conditions is what I, what I would describe it as. Because that I same transmission the, probably did come in medium duty trucks, right? They're still well, putting that in, transmission in, in the trucks leaving the line. Like they're the 1000. Yep. It's, you know, and it's modified that kind of thing. Like it's, it's a six, like a speed, six now speed now. And, yeah. No, I think didn't they, didn't the newest GM trucks go to a 10 speed? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Eight speed or something like that. I think they That's finally stopped using the Allison 1000. But uh, it, it went through a long you're time. You're right. It's an Allison 10 speed. No, oh, oh. okay. Well, still Allison, but but yeah, this I think me. for a long time they would use that. But they they used it in the top kicks and the medium duty trucks. Um, and then like the of course the ones that had like cat engines in them, which I think probably didn't overlap the Duramax trucks for that long. Uh, had like a 2000 if I remember right hmm. which that is a medium duty truck and a medium duty yeah. transmission but it's a damn strong transmission so I mean it made mm-hmm. sense it came in a lot of stuff and maybe all the heavy duty or I should say medium duty trucks did come with the fancier fluid for lack of a better term who knows well that's the thing like the you know this truck's only got 112,000 miles on it I'd like to see it go to 400 and of spending just a little bit of money, a little bit extra money for the transmission fluid that might be a little over the top, then I don't care what anyone's got to say. I, I sold my I 03, for that. I sold my 03 Duramax with 200 on the clock on the original transmission and never skipped a beat, except for the time that I turned the tune up to five and I I've floored it once and it limped the trans. Now, <laughs> when I say limped, I mean it let go and said no. And electronically, and then it was fine ever since then. I won't put my tune on five. It scares me too much. It was really fun once for like 10 seconds. <laughs> and then no, no power. And I put it back to three because even four was a little sketchy for the trans. It it scared me when I was at it and I didn't know um, that you weren't supposed to just romp on it from a dead stop. <laughs> like I was literally just like sitting and I'm like, I buried it to the floor. And it started, I mean, it left a cloud of smoke like nothing I've ever seen. And it started fuel knocking like absolutely crazy. But I mean, when it when it started getting boost, my God, did it pull. I know that's the fuel knocking noise. The fuel knocking noise told me I'm like, it's going to blow it up. Yeah, I do miss the insane power of a diesel truck. I miss like you could just do like a nasty you could do a four wheel drive burnout. You could just mat it. and It would just be like, oh, let's just melt all four tires at once. That's and how maybe, nasty it was. Maybe bend your tie rods and maybe it's bend your tie. Yeah, I miss those some, days. At some point, it will do an exhibition sled pull just for the fun <laughs> of it. But you that should. will 
that won't be until it has kryptonite tie rods because I have seen the yeah. videos and I know what I'm going to do to it. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. The tie rods on the thing are tiny. Like the size, size of half ton tie rods. They're like just little guys. Also, crank it. Probably not like, a bad idea. Count the, count the turns you go down and then crank what, it back up when you're CVs, done. to get the CVs like level or something? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. yeah. I so mean, go, right now, go with it like sub level, like your wheels almost completely drooped and then it'll it'll lift up to like level when you're doing the pull. I'd, I'd be willing to bet that if I set that thing down to factory um, or I'm not factory, but lower than stock ride height, I'd like it more than. Why is it doing that? Um, I would like Sounds it more boring. than uh, how it is now, because it's still like kind of tall for me at this point. But you'd have to align it probably. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, lower the lower the whole thing. Lower the front and the rear. Slam that bitch. The only reason I don't want to slam the rear is because I don't know how that works with bags. I haven't done that research yet. You just need the bags to mount in a higher point so that they're the same as they are now. Right. So just move the mounts up. It's a it's a it's a thought still. I um <laughs> slam Duramax would be cool. Just saying. I have to kind of like hop to get in the truck. Exactly. So you slower it a little bit. Yeah. And I'm getting a little like seat tear on the corner. So Mm-mm-mm-mm. can't have that. Nope. It's going to get reupholstered at some four, point. Six drop. So. Four, six drop. Four, six four, drop. Four, six drop. Six drop. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way we were timed on that, but I appreciate the, you jumping in, Mike. <laughs> I tried. Uh, okay. So, Ed, uh, we went off on a long tangent. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right, I got, I got uh, I'm gonna get yelled um, at for that. That's fine. Nah, I was just we talk about everything on here. Sorry, mom. Uh, so you've got the three coolest rigs ever. Um, one of them is significantly cooler than the others because it's a power a radio flyer that's big with <laughs> an engine. Um, <laughs> is there another vehicle on the horizon? Since both of these are kind of, sounds like they're done. Or all three of them, I guess. But uh, no, because I don't have any more space to store them. And um, unlike Ming, I can't put things in my driveway because I don't want to. I don't want to have to look at them because then I feel the need to work on them. If they're out of sight, <laughs> put it off. Outside, out of mind. Yeah, but I do have a um, World War II Signal Corps generator that I bought, and the only reason I bought it is because it uses the Jeep engine to generate power and my thinking was well if that block in the jeep ever goes then i'll i'll have an extra block but uh, i'm thinking i might uh, restore that one and then tug it around with the jeep i, I th- when you said that that uses the jeep engine to generate power i was like oh my god is it a pto generator that you just like turn your jeep on because i know those those jeeps have like pto oh, attachments right oh, oh it's like it, it it's its own little you know generate yeah. unit yeah yeah, yeah, I get it now, awesome. but that would be pretty cool. Also, if it does blow up, you could like fabricate some like contraption to power it with the orig- with that same motor. Yeah, off the Jeep. Well, you know, like um, maybe the N thirty seven and those that era of vehicles. The N thirty seven doesn't, but like the M thirty eight and like the N seven one five all have. Um, they're called slave ports, and so you can plug in equipment to these slave ports and run stuff you know and use the vehicle as a generator gotcha so they kind of figured that one that's awesome too yeah it's like you got an engine 
Like all you need is like something that comes off of it and you can generate power. You can make water pump. You can whatever yeah. you need to do the, with the spinny thing. PTO yeah, was such a good idea. It's, it's sad that it went by the wayside. I mean, I get with technology, we don't need it, but it still was pretty cool. Yeah. Nothing like a live, you know, thing flying around and you can get your hands and clothes and stuff. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the danger I'm, is part of the excitement. I'm kind of excited too because you know Ming's like explained his M37 a little bit, and he he has on his horizon some stuff that I've already done. So you know I want to keep in contact with you guys because I'm I'm interested to see how how he does with his uh, winch. winch yeah, I'm definitely going to have to lean on you a little bit for some of those projects because uh, I'm out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> It's definitely nice to know somebody that actually knows what they're doing or has done it versus just rely on like a chat room or Google or whatever it is forums, because like <laughs> you could be getting bad information. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody's got their own opinion on stuff. I mean, it's, it's like the uh, transmission fluid thing you were talking about, only it's less official. You know, one, one person saying one thing and the other saying the other and yep. Oh, you, yeah. Do you know what the face it's funny you say that you know what the Facebook pages because uh, I, I saw the leak and I posted in there I'm like hey is there any other typical leak points that you'll find around these areas and um, you know what they told me um, my transfer case adapter is cracked huh the transfer case adapter the, the adapter between the transmission and the transfer case even oh. though it's wet around the seal uh-huh. It's somehow behind the transmission. The adapter is cracked. Is hmm. what is what the Facebook page was trying to tell me. Take a picture. That's how you get the, that good information on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I, I have I have a photo of it. Like there, there's absolutely no way that they're correct. Because like realistically, I knew it was the pan, but I was like, hey, you know what else leaks in this area? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, my God, the adapter's shot. You better replace it. Well, everybody's always excited to spend somebody else's money. So, yeah, um, yeah, you know, $700 yeah, for, sure. for that adapter. Jeez. <laughs> so that, that photo's looking from the driver's side with the back of the truck towards the right. Okay. And uh, so, are you sure that's not just the output seal? Huh. Okay, so you've got... Okay, so you, it's just like wet at the the output, like where it goes into the transfer case. So that's why only reason I mentioned. No, it. so the the lower half of the transmission is what's actually wet. Oh, I'm sorry. We're looking at the left side of the transmission going back, and that's the front yes. output of the transfer case. My yes. bad. Never mind. Yeah, it's probably the no, transfer. It's a very confusing case. photo. Yeah, hmm. I get you. Never mind. And so their supposition was because your shaft is completely wet that's coming from the transfer case the transfer case adapter yeah uh oh, no because that's further back and like as you're driving it the oil is only gonna like gravitate gonna, towards the rear of the vehicle so it's not gonna spray forward at 70 miles an hour no it's only gonna spray back so it's probably the transpan yeah, yeah. plus yeah, it's so just an easy fix so just do it anyway and if that's not right, it, it, it's it looks what. like under the shift like uh switch thingy that there's like a bunch of excess fluid that was originally where I thought it was leaking from, but it's also wet forward of that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: like, if it's been doing this for a long time, 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that if it's been doing this for a long time, when you park just due to gravity, because that shaft probably points down just a little bit, it could like slowly work its way forward and then you drive again, it puts more, it works mm-hmm. its way forward when you stop. So who knows, but it, man. It doesn't, it doesn't leak enough for me to have to add any in between um, oil changes. So this it, is, it's, well, it's that doesn't very matter. Stupid. That's just the thing is, do you fix it or do you, do you not? I mean, that's up to you. I mean, you can have a, a what looks like a pretty severe leak. I see this all the time. A car like, okay, my wife's Yaris is like a quarter million miles. It leaves a spot on the floor every time she parks. I change the oil at 5,000 miles. It hasn't lost an ounce of oil. Like it's not, it's still at the full mark on the dipstick. I'm just saying so, that like, it's been doing do you want this. to fix it or not? It's basically been doing this since the day that I bought it. Um, and I didn't do anything about it because I'm like, oh, we're spraying transmission fluid on the bottom. That's rust prevention. So yeah. I never cared. Yeah. But we we literally just resealed our driveway like two weeks ago. I parked this thing and it starts dripping on the driveway. And I've essentially mm. ruined the driveway at this point. So now I'm yeah. pissed off about it and I got to, you know, do something because like every everything I own is leaking on the driveway. The Jeep is leaking out of the power steering. The M37 is leaking out of basically every crevice. The are the Duramax is leaking out of the transmission. So this is not the original transmission and transfer case. Then this, uh, is, this, this is the Duramax. This is not the Army truck. This is not the M37. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because I was like, man, that, that did not look familiar to me. Yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of wires for... for I also M37. thought, until I saw the picture, I also thought he was talking about the M37. Yeah, I, was I, like, don't, I saw I don't the aluminum he... transfer case, and I was like, there's no way that they used an aluminum case in back in the day. And it's weird that it looks talking. green under there, though, right? Uh, it's because I'm parked in the grass in this photo. It's just reflection, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we mentioned this, but the... Transfer Swag case on the oh. M30. Yeah, <laughs> the the M37 transfer case is divorced. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So when we were talking earlier about, um, I'm going to put my PTO. This was during the Patreon for. Boy, this is going to get really confusing for people listening. No, they know that we did the. Pa- you guys did the Patreon already. Okay, um, putting the um you know pto back in ed was saying that it makes more sense to just drop the transmission which is going to be like substantially easier because it's just going to be a matter of a couple bell housing bolts and then unbolting a intermittent shaft and then just drop the whole thing it's not like there's any wires you know it doesn't even have a reverse light wire on it nice can't beat it yeah, I mean, it's. It, I think you can get that engine, or I'm sorry, the transmission out in 30 minutes. It's it's super easy. There, there's yeah, not a way to it. When I had a 19, God, what year was that thing? 1984 F-150. It was the same thing. You could drop, I mean, and that was with a married transfer case. You could drop that thing out in shit, an hour, hour and a half. Now, do you have all of the technical manuals for the truck? Yes, I have all the originals. Yeah, that's one of the nice things about military vehicles is even if you can't find physical copies, all of the technical manuals are available as PDFs for free. Yeah, and the preservation societies made certain of that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. The other nice thing is that, you know, the military is basically run by 18 year olds. So all of these technical manuals are written from the standpoint of if you can read and you've been given like a basic... (laughs) 
you know, a basic level of training, you can do all of these things. It, it's, it's, you know, I imagine that in the commercial world, you know, it, it's very step-by-step step as well. But like when I was thinking about doing the Jeep and I was like, well, let's just look at, you know, how to tear down the engine and see how difficult that is. The first step was literally open the hood. And I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so this so this is how we're starting this. <laughs> it was it was that test like when you have to write like how do you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And you're like, put peanut butter on bread, and they're like, Where's the peanut butter? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right, what about the how am I getting my through knife, the lid? They're like, put knife in peanut butter jar. They're like, my knife won't go through the plastic lid. <laughs> uh, we had that in aviation. There was one of the manuals that we were reading where it was like step one remove all the wires to engine step two remove the engine it's like there's some steps in between there that uh <laughs> that are kind of important steps to doing a solid axle swap remove front suspension step remove two independent put, front suspension put in solid axle <laughs> step it's so three, easy. minor welding yeah but no i'm excited to hear you know how how your rebuild of the winch and everything is going to go and um you know, if you've ever, if you ever run into the trouble, yeah, I'm more than happy to help out. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get your phone number. Um, not when we're recording and your phone number gets leaked to the entire internet. Um, <laughs> you have it. I'll, You're in a text chain with him. Oh, that's true. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I already have it then. I'm going to text you. Um, <laughs> and we're going to, this is going to be a Come more on, an adventure. We're going to go on an adventure. We're going to take <laughs> both of them to Badlands. It sounds like he's already been there with it. I haven't. Hell yeah. And we're just going to ride the axe. You know, I, I, how rowdy do you get with yours at, at Badlands? You know, I'm not like doing rock crawling or, or anything like that. I just, you know. Access to, roads, trails, and. Have a nice day off road. That sounds perfect. Yeah. The, the biggest thing is I want to ride the river. That's. Yeah. Yeah, get in the creek and go. It'll be a good time. Well, because like these were built for the Korean War. You know, that was kind of the era that they existed. So like, you know, going through a forested river crossing is kind of like, you know, its wheelhouse, you know, kind of get it back to its roots. Absolutely. There you go. And, you know, everybody, everybody loves these trucks. Um, And you know, you go anywhere and especially, you know, the Badlands people, people go crazy for them. Uh, there's that spot where there's the two culverts that you can drive through. Will it and, fit? Oh yeah, it fits. And oh. you, can, you can out the other side and like people. Are going, my truck can fit in those things. <laughs> yeah, oh, seriously. If we that's can fit, that thing will be yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, Kyle, you know, I mean, these things sound like really, you know, they, they sound bigger than they are. And so when it reverberates through the, through the woods and everything, people are like, Oh, what's that? You know? Yeah. It's, it's very, it always surprises people on how small it is. Cause like dimensionally, it's not any bigger than like your pickup truck, Derek. Mm -hmm. Like it, it will fit on a standard car trailer. And I was going to say, I feel like it's smaller than mine. Yeah. It's narrower. Dimensionally, it is not longer than my truck or your truck. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, there. It's what's a regular cab, of course not, right? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. And it only weighs fifty five hundred pounds, I think. It's I more than I thought it would. Ed, can you confirm that? I think it's about seven thousand, but 
um you because I, I remember you're you're supposed to use like a full-size car trailer for it like a big a big one. oh like a 10k trailer because the trailer is Google always says 5917 dry oh, weight wow. yeah but with fuel in it and i'm sure you could get it up there pretty quickly yeah, yeah. it's maybe a skosh over six yeah call it 5500 six but like yeah. when when it's idling, I mean, you can't even hardly hear that it's running. It's it's so smooth. It doesn't even it 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 would not shake you any more than like a brand new Honda Civic. Like it is just <laughs> that smooth of an engine. It's because it only makes seventy eight horsepower. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's an absolute dog. But it's funny, it's like a real I, number according to Wikipedia. Silly. I don't know if it's right, but Wikipedia says seventy eight horsepower. What's yeah, that? All about, all about gearing on those things. So and that's why it tops out at 35. Yeah. The previous <laughs> owner numerically geared it lower. What do you, do you remember what the factory gears are in it? 513s, oh, right? 583. So mine has, I want to say, 488 or 513. Hmm. He, he put highway gears in it for some, I don't know why. Um, but I'm not complaining because it feels like it's a dog. Um, but you can go 55 with it and you can still put it in low gear and, you know, drag a freight train. 489. Is that what you have? It, that's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> what I just saw in steel soldiers. I'm just, I'm learning all about M37s. Like literally you guys are hearing me learn about M37. And, and he put, <laughs> I want to say the front has a grizzly locker in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. He he swapped it. I, I don't know what I don't remember what he had told me. Um wait, what axles do these things have? This just says Dodge full floating hypoid. I think that's right. Ed, can you shine more light on that? I, I'm not super like back pocket knowledgeable on these things yet. I'm still No, I, I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, it's been a few years since I've had to, you know, remember all this stuff when I was buying parts and you know fluids for it and they're, they're both they're both offset axles they look a lot like a uh, toyota axle yeah that's right yeah they have a third member yeah, they, i wonder if they're members. eating ho axles but that wouldn't be they wouldn't have called them dodge then they would have called them eatons i think well it, it technically is a power wagon um that's one of the reasons that there's so many parts for these things still is that basically everything except for the body panels it's a power wagon this one's saying that the civilian power wagon had wider axles than the military M37. Okay. Yeah, I haven't had to go underneath it too much yet <laughs> to find that information out. The The most soon project I need to do is fix the fuel tank because you can't put more than a quarter tank in it and it starts puking. Nice. So are you going to try to clean it out and wall it up? I'm going to drop it out. I want to see, I'm going to guess maybe like at the, the pinch seam, it rusted out or something. Um, I'm going to clean it out and then I'm going to take my truck, my Duramax and have an exhaust go straight into the top of it and then weld up whatever damage there is. And then, you know, do the red coat sloshing. Because I've seen that before, you you take a diesel truck um, and you plumb the exhaust into wherever you're welding, 
um, cause there's no flammable, um, you know, it's all carbon monoxide. So in theory there, the fuel cannot, it's physically not possible for it to combust. So you just do that ahead of time just to make sure it disperses any gas fumes while while you are actively while welding it. actively well that's interesting I would think that you would just like clean it out and just be done right you should I be mean, able to I'm clean not. it out with acetone yeah I mean I like I said and there, that, there might that, be that a... is flammable but it's not explosive I mean you want to make sure that the acetone's out too but yeah it doesn't linger like that that's volatile enough that it it all evaporates whereas gas like stays yeah lingers yeah. I mean, I gotta, I gotta drop the tank still and find out, because right now there's a jerry can mounted on the passenger side fender, and that is currently its fuel tank. Oh, which it works really well, honestly. I mean, it just, it does fine with it. I did five gallons at a time. Yeah, you I can go that. forty miles. Yeah, I used an outboard, you know, boat motor gas tank nice. for a while because I had the yeah. same. Intentions of you. I, I've still got the original gas tank, but I had to replace it with a uh, stainless steel one from uh, Vintage Power Wagons because I, just, I want I, that tank. Have you seen what they want for that thing? Uh, now, no. Eleven hundred dollars for that tank. What? That's crazy. I bought mine for like four hundred bucks. Uh, <laughs> that's God, funny. That almost tripled in price. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's that's outrageous, but. I can't keep running on this boat motor. I mean, it for that price, I'm even considering taking the tank out and going to the guy that made Derek's fuel cell and saying, replicate this dimensionally. It probably costs you less than $1,100. Right, right. For, for a full sheet of, uh, for a full, well, because I don't need it out of stainless. I just do aluminum. Yeah. I didn't do mine out of stainless. I did aluminum. I don't saying. know. It, it was a lot more work than we thought, and I was helping him. So he might not sign up for it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that could be too. But I mean, the, these. Uh, I mean, it's here, just, real, real it's quick, I'll give, you, I'll give you a data point, Mang, because I did the same thing. You can go online and like get a quote for like aluminum, custom aluminum fuel tanks. And um, for my tank, I think was like 1600 bucks when I just gave them the simple dimensions and that didn't include the notch. So like they would have charged more for that. Interesting. So, okay. It's, yeah. Or just build it out of steel. You could build it out of steel and then just red coat it. Right. It'll just be heavier. Probably. I mean, the, the initial plan is going to be is put a bandaid on this thing and red coat it and, uh, see how many years I can get out of it. There you go. Oh, the other you do for the fuel tank is apparently a, um, Chevy, what's that little Chevy that they used to have in like S10? Yeah, S10 pickup uh, fuel tank will fit. I was just going to say, yeah, I put an S10 Blazer tank in Snow Day because I wanted something that would just fit between the fuel rail or the fuel rails, (laughs) the frame rails. And no, did I? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was was a nice thing. I was able to buy like a kit. It was like the fuel tank straps and a sending unit. It was like less than 200 bucks on Rock Auto. Slap it in there, done. Fuel system. Yeah, so that's. I'm just saying, there's probably something out there that fits and it's like close enough and is pretty cheap and readily available. Yes, I mean if you've got like a U pick junkyard or something nearby, that'd be one option you could do. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to, I haven't done much. Like I said, I haven't even dropped the tank out. I mean, for all I know, there could be a singular pinhole mm-hmm. um, or there could be a fifth size hole in it, but. Yeah, you can, you can clean it out if you throw in like CLR and like a chain and then strap it to like a wheel. Yeah. And just, and let, just it let it tumble. idle. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. And then you red coat after that. You know what's funny is I the only vehicle I have that could tumble would be the army truck itself. No, that's got no, none of my vehicles can do it. Good. I was gonna say good news because you're running the army truck on a different fuel cell. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the army truck has some sort of traction assist system in the back. I don't remember what it is though. Um, the Duramax has a G80 mechanical locker, so that won't work. And the no, Jeep just pack has up the a whole rear axle. Yeah, I guess I could do that too. Just let the, just let the damn thing spin. That'd be fun. Yeah, just let it idle. Yeah, that's what I was going to do with my Mercedes back then. And then, then crank up the two to five and floor it and see what happens. Yeah, see if I can launch the tank into the neighbor's window. There you go. They they would love you. All right. <laughs> I we need to make a podcast about boys. tons of off-road things. We need to shut her down. It's getting late. It's it's eleven o'clock here in Indiana town. Yep. Oh yeah, it's a school night too. It is. A, it's a school night if it wasn't summer, but it's a school night for <laughs> me. I have to go to work in the morning. Yeah, same. Same, but it's eight here. Freaking so. Derek over here is earlier, early as hell over by him. That's right. Yeah, it's only eight. Derek hasn't even had dinner yet. I have not. Terrible. Well, Ed, thanks for coming on. Like I said, I'm going to personally, I'm going to get your information and we're going to do shenanigans. If anyone else has some cool old military stuff that we want to like make it look like we're invading Badlands. There you go. That'd be great. That'd be kind of funny. Uh, Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all the tech. Um, I definitely want to see pictures of all of them. Yeah, so, you've got to you've got to send me some pics so I can post them up on the Trailriders page because everybody listening, I'm sure, wants to see them just as bad as we do. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can get out to Badlands and uh, you know get in trouble and use my winch that I rebuilt because I haven't used it once yet. So we got to find an excuse. There you perfect. Go. Perfect. We'll 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 come find a reason to need it. <laughs> and what kind of recovery gear might you connect to the end of said winch? I mean, if it was me, I'd probably use crawler off-road. There you go. For all your recovery needs. <laughs> yeah, fun fact, once the winch is running, he said he's going to get me a winch line for the for the army truck. Uh, will it be steel though? Cuz I feel like if it's No, it's going to be synthetic. That's um, not accurate. <laughs> we're gonna get a silver looking one in order to maintain i was gonna ask mm. i was like could you get like a really light colored synthetic line because that'd be cool yeah like a gloss nice. silver or something yeah like yeah. almost white interesting i like the idea but i hate it also For it's, a moral, it's a moral dilemma but ultimately it would be the safer choice to go with crawler gear I mean, it's definitely the safer choice and lighter and more or less just better in most ways, but not accurate. Just saying. Correct. I'm not trying to hate on Crawler. I put Crawler stuff mm-hmm. on all my stuff, but I don't have any antique I mean, military Jeep, vehicles either. So. The Jeep's got every single piece of 
crawler gear that they sell in more than one instance, several of them. So what if you're rebuilding an old military vehicle and you need some tabs or some fabrication parts? Uh, you should go. Offroadanonymous.com for all of your tabs and cup mounting solutions. I was going to say, can you put a, <laughs> can you put a pack out cup, no, pack out cup on your flat fender Jeep? You sure can with Offroad Anonymous. If you have a table with a motor and you need a cup that won't spill with your no suspension, you get a Milwaukee Packout Cup mount from Offroad Wait, Anonymous. How many how many Milwaukee Packout Cups do you think you can fit on an M two seven four mule? Two hundred and seventy four. Ironically, that's where the number comes from. Actually, Fun coincidentally, fact. not ironically. <laughs> yeah, coincidentally, but that's where the number comes from. Actually, that's how they measured it. Yeah, that's how they measured it. Is Milwaukee Packout Cup mounting surface area. <laughs> Ed has no idea what we're talking about. He's like, what is this thing? Ed's a smart guy. He can figure out that we're shutting out our sponsors, probably. Partners, not sponsors. Sorry. Partners, that's true. That's true. Speaking of partners, um, Morphlate has officially announced, and I think, yeah, they're doing pre orders on the new, what are they calling it? PSI Pro. PSI Pro. Thank you. So if you want to be able to inflate your tires and walk away, and not and have to worry about overinflating. Can, I would say you can pass out piss drunk at camp and it, you won't overinflate, you won't burn up your pump, you won't gener- generally mess up shit from the inflating. You might, if you pass out drunk, you might fuck up shit for other reasons. So, <laughs> yeah, but at least not your tires. And tires are expensive. So, yeah, they are. Sure. Air them upright and once and easily. And then when you wake up the next morning, you can just drive home because your tires are at the correct pressure. Love it. Uh, reach out to Complete Off Road if you are build, rebuilding a military truck or any other off road vehicle. Um, Which because fun they can little pro- fact, they are very not to cut you off. I'm sorry, but uh, they have also yeah, that's me. Don't that's my name. Don't wear it out. Um, they have fully restored um, and retro modded a M37, and it was a gorgeous piece of machinery. Hopefully, they can like repost a photo of it or something. That thing was a show truck, though. And oh it my also god, done. was that thing gorgeous? It wasn't like a not take it off. I mean, you could could you take it off road? Yes, but would you? Probably not. I don't know. I guess it's up to the owner. I feel like it was too pretty for off road personally. I would because I'm a degenerate, but that's besides mm-hmm. the point. <laughs> And uh, red designs for your shifting needs. There's all some your cool shifty shifties. All your shifty shifties. If you need to shift cool. or unshift, reshift, adjust your shift. <laughs> get your you, shift. If, you, order. If, you're, if you're feeling shifty, give a get yeah. red designs a call. Or go I got Rory's new slogan: Get your shift in order. There you go. Is oh, that yeah. actually? Is that real? No, but it's going to it be should now. Be, yeah. Rory, <laughs> my free sticker in the mail please thank you very much and uh summer shine yeah summer shine supply if you need your shit to be shiny if you need your shit to be shiny shifty pack out cuppy inflatey uh or off-roady recovered e or (laughs) (laughs) off-roady go to any of those sponsors that we just mentioned and they will hook you up most of them have a TOP discount too. 
I don't know what they are. Buy a swag pack. Go to Crawler Off Road. They are also doing entries to get to go to Core. And if you go to Complete Off Road, every hundred dollars you spend gets you an entry. That's how I won last year. So if anyone's going to build a Dana Thirty, that is the way to do it. Hey, uh, where do we go for sna- swag packs? Where do they go for swag packs to buy them Total again? Offroadpodcast.com. If you type it into Google, you can also find it that way. Click shop and it will be the first thing on top. And if you don't want to deal with the front page of Total Offroad Podcast, you can type in totaloffroadpodcast.com forward slash shop. Just eliminate what I mean, you have to deal one, with our title page, which is such a pain. You have to look at it, pain. and you have to and then click you have to find, one thing. And... You have to click one thing. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna write out the URL for the swag pack because it's longer, way longer. Man, having to do a title page though. Oof, am I right? I know. I just. I, I'm tired of looking at Ian's dime piece that he no longer has. You know. Yeah, he doesn't even have it. We have to look at it. That's if anyone would like to do it. I don't have permission from Steve to do this. So, you know, we're just going to do this. If we want to do a um, competition or something to replace that photo. Hmm. Hmm. I'll let the masses make that decision. But if we want to change that photo. You're going to have to get Steve to agree. Yeah, that's true. You have to have administrator permissions. Everybody tag Steve and tell him we want a new photo on the website. And then, yeah. That's we'll, figure it out. we'll figure it out. All right. Well, Ed, thank you again for coming on the podcast and dealing with our massive side tangents. Um, but thank you also for sharing your wealth of knowledge and your cool vehicles with us. Yeah, it was fun. Michael, do you have any sure. last words? Hell no, I don't have any last words. If I had any last words, it would be to go to a car show in the town that you just moved to and re-meet one of your old friends. I tried that and it didn't work. I didn't re-meet one of my old friends, Mike. You didn't spark a flame? I didn't spark a flame. Aw. I guess I have to keep trying. You have to keep trying. I don't know how many people live out here from where I grew up. People from St. Louis that live in whatever city Derek lives in. Yeah. Palo <laughs> Bay Alto. Area. Bay Area, California. <laughs> give Bay Area. Area. <laughs> yeah, give Derek a shout. People that right. knew Derek when he was growing up and he was super nerdy and now he's super hot. Meet up with Derek. Yeah. I got a cool truck. <laughs> yeah. And he's super hot. Oh my god. Yeah, you're so you know, interestingly out of here. I am getting out of here. Because we switched the order, Mike is now more drunk at the end of the main. I mean, I can't help it. This is what happens. That's what, what happens. happens. Mike can right, be held responsible for his own actions. No, he can't. Thank you, Ming. Thank you. That's you're what welcome. I needed. I needed a disclaimer. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to episode 176 of the Total Offer Podcast, and we'll catch you on the trail. Oh,